Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it is April 25th, it's 2019, and we have five baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Will Chief Justice 06. How are you doing, my friend? Man, I'm doing great, man. Pretty excited uh, to come on and hang out yet again. Uh, man, I'm, I'm super sorry I can't make it to Atlanta. Uh, you already know why. It's going to be my first uh, daddy-daughter baseball game down here in Charleston, so I'm, I'm pretty excited because uh, it was her request. So this is this is going to be good, man. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get her a baseball glove tomorrow. It will be pink. And uh, we're going to have some fun. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, you know I would much rather you be there than in Atlanta. Um, I'm excited to be go. I have never been to the new um, Braves Stadium, so let's just say I'm, I'm pretty pumped to go to the game on Friday. Um, checking another ballpark off the list of ballparks. But we do have, you know, five games to talk about, and I'm on a massive cold streak, so I'm ready to – Get on to the next slate. You know how that goes. Jordan Lyles burned me on Wednesday. It's just been, you know, it's just been one of those weeks. It's been a week. Like, it's just been one of those weeks. So, ready to bounce back. Smaller slate. A lot to talk about. Uh, But if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there. Check them out. It's fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. That way you get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft. And you'll get... Access to any cool promos that we do with Fantasy Draft. So if you haven't checked them out, make sure you check them out. Um, like I said, a lot of stuff going on over there. The slate's interesting, Will, because even though it's a five-game slate, we have a ton of good pitching on the slate. There's a lot of pitching options. There's a lot of good pitchers on the slate. There's only a few gas cans, if we even want to call them gas cans. So, <laughs> you know, it's an interesting slate. We start with Miami at Philadelphia, Caleb Smith against Aaron Nola. Do we have any interest here in Caleb Smith? Nah, I, uh, man, he's been pitching really well. Um, I, I feel like I feel like because of his recent recent success, I should really be interested here. But you know how I feel about these recent trends. The recent trends aren't as bad as as they were. Uh, but there are a couple teams that I'm just not going. Going to be targeting this year Philly, uh, Milwaukee, the Dodgers. Um, I just I'm just not going to target those teams. So if I don't have to target them, I'm just not going to do it. So that's my reason for for not playing Smith today. I just I just don't feel like I have to target a high powered offense on this league. Yeah, I like Caleb Smith. He's seventy three hundred. He's a cheaper option. We do have a lot of high end pitchers on the slate. Tournament only. I played him in his last start against Philadelphia. That game was in Miami. This is a whole different animal being in Philadelphia. But after just watching, like, I watched a lot of the Vargas game. I watched oh, a lot God. of the Mats game, and like, just watching at yeah, bats from some of these guys against left handed pitching. Now they're hitting righties really well. But 
they're struggling a little bit here with lefties uh, over the last few days, and you know it's a it's a few day sample size. But I think Caleb Smith is a guy we're certainly looking at in tournaments. He's been really good against right-handed batters this season. He's been good against lefties as well. Has a massive strikeout rate against righties, which should regress a little bit. But we're starting to get into the point now. We're four starts in. He's thrown at least five innings in every start. And the dude has a 14.2% swinging strike rate. So three of those games have been at home. And obviously that ballpark is way, 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 you know, pitcher friendly. But I do have a little interest in Caleb Smith, just considering his price. And it's not like we have a lot of options in this 7K range for pitcher today. So unless we're paying up for both of our pitchers or maybe attacking two 9K guys, I, I think Smith is a guy I'm going to play in tournaments. Um, Aaron yeah. Nola on the other – oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I get it, man. The price certainly warrants the consideration. You know, I just – it's just going to be tough for me to do against Philly. But, like, I, I totally get it. Like, totally get it. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of risk involved. You know, that's why he's 7,300. He's the third cheapest pitcher on the slate because there's a ton of risk involved here. Um, not to say that I won't have a Philly stack um, as well, you know, living that hedge life. Um, the other side of this game, Aaron Nola, obviously it's a really, really bad Miami team. This could be exactly what he needs, right? Like, he is off to a terrible start this season. He pitched really good in his first outing against Atlanta. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Then pitch good in Colorado. Is a matchup with Miami what Aaron Nola needs to get kind of on the right track here? I think it has to be, man. I mean, when you look at the XFIP, he's at a 3.91. I, I don't really see anything that's wrong, and I'm, I'm kind of giving him the same treatment I've, I've given these other guys. I don't, I don't see anything that's out of whack. Velocity's fine. Um, you know, Maybe he's just been balanced a little bit, but a lot of his season numbers are are right around the the same thing, and so I, I just don't see anything out of whack. So I, I like Nola here. Uh, I mean, his price is really so so. Nola's a guy like Sale uh, that we were paying ten, almost eleven k for on Fanduel, and then in that you know. 10 to 11k range on DraftKings, upper nine, upper nine k as well. And today we get him for 9100 at home. Uh, but but against Miami, I think this is a good spot, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head. This is just the right. This is just the remedy he needs for his situation right now. Maybe to get a little bit more confidence back, uh, especially in his curveball. I mean. I just I, I think this is a good spot for him, man. Hopefully he can inject some life into him and he can get rolling. Freemium, as the cool kids like to call it, the free pre premium, you know, one thing each and every day. Um, two things on Friday, actually. But today's free premium tool is one of my new favorite things in my research, and that is the Kevin Roth MLB Weather Edge. It is an awesome tool. I check it every day. I use it every day. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out over the summer. But this oh, will be one of those spots that I kind of want to look at that MLB Weather Edge tool. If you guys are not a premium member, take advantage of looking at this thing. It's really awesome. 
Um, because I want to see, like, it looks like it's going to be in the 60s here. I'm hoping that, you know, we see less runs. Um, Miami Bats, anything standing out to you for the Marlins? No, not really. Um, I mean, so so Martin Prado is just a guy that makes really good contact. And you got Neil Walker. And I'm, main, I'm mainly looking at the knuckle curve numbers because I know that that's that's kind of one of his pitches where he, he can burn you. So I'm just trying to see, you know, which guys, you know, match up the best on that one because, you know, all major league hitters are going to see fastballs. They're all going to see off speed, which which will get them. But, you know, that, that specialty pitch, that one that's just kind of their knockout punch with this knuckle curve here, you know, Martin Prado looks to be pretty good. Um, but I, I, I still don't think uh, I want to play him today. So I'm, I'm really not – I'm, I'm nothing. I, I'm not going to play any Miami bats. The only guy that I have a little interest in is Jorge Alfaro. Um, I oh. like playing catchers against pitchers that used to catch. It's one of the things that I, I just like to play it. It works out more often than none. Like nobody has seen this guy – more than his catcher, uh, so little interest. Um, and I don't even know how many times he actually caught him when he was in Philadelphia, but I have a little interest because uh, obviously he knows a lot about Aaron Nola from you know being in that you know catching group. So, um, little interest in Alfaro tournament, large field tournament play. I could even play him with Nola. I don't have any issues with that um, being a catcher. Um, the Philadelphia side. You know, obviously, like, Hoskins is a guy that we're going to look at. You know, he was my top overall play on Wednesday in expert survey. I wrote him up, and obviously it worked out. But his at-bats against the lefty weren't great. Well, like, they he did his damage late in that game. They, they all did. And, and the reason I know, Stevie, so, uh, you know, I always, you know, when we, when we do a pod at this hour, I always take my, you know, pre-pod nap, and that's usually anywhere between eight and nine. You know, I'll take a nap for an hour and a half, two hours, wake up, and start getting ready, you know, turn the system on, blase, blase, right? When I went to sleep, I think the Phillies were up one to zero, and I had actually watched, I think, the first four to five innings, and I watched these clowns struggle with Jason Vargas. And I mean, I really couldn't believe it. I saw Jason Vargas strike out Bryce Harper on an 87 mile per hour running fastball. Now, listen, for those of <laughs> oh, oh my God, I, I couldn't believe it. And I mean, it was running away from him. And I, I said, you gotta be kidding me. And uh, it, it was awful. Uh, I just, I said, yeah, let me just go to sleep now. I woke up. They were up, I think, 6-0 or they 1 or however it was, and I, I saw Hoskins that hit, hit a homer. And I mean, I thought they were going to pummel him, but they really didn't do any damage to, to, to Vargas at all. They pulled him, I think, at 5 and a third. So, I, man, you, you, you know, you, you might have sold me on Caleb Smith just by me thinking about how they look today. At any rate, I, I do still like Hoskins here. Um, I, I think if – if Caleb, you know, if he happens to throw a few meatballs across the plate, uh, they can still do some serious damage. Michael Franco's kind of cooled off, but but I still have a little faith in him. So uh, those would kind of be the guys I'm looking at. Um, well, like, you know. I was just going to say really quick, like, the same reason we like Alfaro, we have to like JT Romuto. Um, you know, obviously he was with the Marlins. 
he's caught Caleb Smith. Like nobody saw Caleb Smith more than JT Realmuto. <laughs> like uh, you know, so and Realmuto is a good hitter just in general. Like so, I like the righties here. I like them more as a hedge stack because I, I know I'm going to use some Caleb Smith. But teams that I don't have Caleb Smith, I have interest in the Phillies. This is a good yeah. ballpark to you know target bats. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100, percent man. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some more digging on Caleb Smith. Maybe I'll tweet that out. I I, I may have to have some interest. I mean, because like you said, man, I, because we have a little bit more time, I'm not going to squeeze you know blood out of a turnip. But I mean, God, they got 33 percent K rate, 3.02 xFIP. Maybe maybe I suspend my don't target the Phillies for one day only. We'll see. The the other reasoning, like let's just be realistic here for a second. We'll talk about we'll talk about Taylor Hearn, who's going to be making a spot start, AAA guy. But we're not playing Zimmerman against Boston in Boston. That's the chalky stack on the slate, right? We're not playing Trevor Cahill. I'm not playing Trevor Cahill. I, I you can make an argument, I guess. You can make an argument for Rick Porcello. Um, yeah, but, he's, he, he's on my list. So that's, we'll talk about that. Yeah, he's on that, my list. <laughs> that's the next game we're going to talk about. But, like, it's not like even Rick Porcello is not a big K guy anymore. So, like, when we're looking for just strikeout upside in this range, like, Caleb Smith is the guy that has the K stuff in this range outside of maybe Taylor Hearn, who we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Um, yeah. All right, moving on. We got Detroit yeah. at Boston. Jordan Zimmerman against Rick Porcello, the chalkiest stack on the slate, going to be the Red Sox here. Um, do you have any interest in Jordan Zimmerman? <laughs> Absolutely not. Boston bats are starting to wake up. Uh, do we have any interest in Porcello? I do. Uh, listen, for, for the same reason that we talked about, you know, Miami being what – uh, Nolan needs. I think Detroit is what Porcello needs. I mean, this team, good God, the strikeout rate this season, the righties is just off the charts and low ISO numbers. So uh, I, I I like Porcello here. I, I like him to kind of get the job done uh, at 7,800. I don't think, listen, I, maybe he strikes out five and six and doesn't give up any runs. I think that's, I think that's kind of what I, I'm expecting in this spot. Maybe he walks a few guys, you know. Maybe he strands a few base runners, but that—that's kind of what, what what I'm looking at. Um, so I, I'm just kind of hoping that I'm right here. But uh, but yeah, that, that's why I have interest in Porcello, man. This team just—they're striking out at such a high clip this season so far. Um, so yeah, that—that's that, where I'm at. So I I have a little interest in Porcello. I'm gonna probably mix, you know, Porcello. Um... Hearn and Caleb Smith up on some teams. And I have no issues, no issues with taking bats against these guys as well. But the one, the one thing that kind of stands out for me here was, you know, this is a very right-handed heavy lineup outside of Goodrum and, and Candelario. A lot of the power comes from the right side of the plate um, with Castellanos. <laughs> right. I guess we can kind of say Miggy has power. He really doesn't have that Miggy power anymore. But the one thing that, you know, even with the bad starts this season for Porcello, he's still generating more soft contact than hard contact against righties using that sinker. And when we look at the Detroit guys with batted ball events, we're seeing that, like, there's not a lot of power against sinkers in this lineup, and there's a ton of ground balls. So 
Yeah. Could this be a spot Porcello gets his first quality start of the season? I, I think the answer to that question is yes. But I also want to say, like, they have really, like, especially in that Tampa game, they were really quick to pull him out of that game when he was pitching okay a little bit deeper. So I'm a little concerned about that. But there's nothing, there's nothing like, oh, I, I'm playing this guy um, on any of these pitchers in this range today. There's, there's downside to all these guys. Um, Detroit bats. Uh, if I was going to play a Detroit bat, it would probably be Nico Goodrum. Um, he's been the one bright spot of this lineup this season, even though he's striking out a ton. He's still showing some decent power numbers. But, again, one of the reasons I like Porcello is because he's going to get a ton of ground balls here. So I don't really love a lot on the Detroit side. Yeah, me either, man. And and, and the other pitch that I, I wanted to look at too, Stevie, was the slider. And I mean, you know, Nico's, Nico's got the power against it. But, man, the contact numbers, he's at 57.3%. Um, and Porcello sitting on that one. I mean, which Nico switched, but he, he's sitting on that one about 23% of the time. So, you know, if he mixes that one in well with the sinker today, man, I think he could destroy these guys. Now, he's got to pitch well. He's got to locate well. He can't walk a bunch of guys and expect to just get out clean. But I think if he can keep guys off the base paths, Today, I really think he could have a good start. So that, that's another reason why I, I really like Porcello. I will fully acknowledge that Caleb Smith has more strikeout upside. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a given. Um, but obviously, Caleb Smith is probably facing a always well, obviously facing a much better offense as well. So. Um, <laughs> Boston side of things, they're going to be the chalk bats. Let's just be oh. realistic here for a second. A lot of people are going to try to fit in as much as many Boston bats as they can. It's all you're going to hear today is Boston, 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 and for good reason. Let's just be realistic for a second. Like Trevor Bauer is facing Garrett Cole in the Cleveland Houston game. Ooh, it's not like it. it's not like there's a ton of options on this slate as far as bats go. And I think we're going to see the Red Sox have a high, the highest implied total. And it might be more than everybody else by, like, a run. Um, we don't have totals out yet, but it could really realistically be that much higher than everybody else. So what are we doing with a chalky Red Sox team? Oh, God, listen, man, and this, this, is, this is where I run into, I guess, inner conflict within myself. On slates like this, there's five games. There's one team that stands out above the rest. And my core philosophy in MLB is never play the chalky team. So I was fully on board with fading Boston today with all the bats that, that I saw, at least their core guys, around 30% at each position. So I, J.D., Mookie, Benintendi, more than these guys. I mean, these guys were up there. And I was perfectly fine fading them for the Phillies today. Uh, did it work out? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm making a little money, so I, th I think it's going to work out fine as long as uh, the Angels or the, the Yankees don't just absolutely destroy this slate. I do have one or two of those guys, but it, it worked out okay. On today's slate, I almost feel like I may – have to play some have some Boston exposure and maybe I can try to leverage it with low owned guys. 
when you got Bauer against Cole, you're not. I just don't see a whole bunch of offense there, un, un, unless you know maybe you know maybe they give up a few solo shots and you get it right. But I think that's really hoping that that's, I almost feel like that's wishful thinking. This should be one of the most competitive pitching games out there. Obviously, you know my affection for Seattle this year, leading the league. That's probably a place that I may go. We'll talk about Taylor Hearn. There's some things I like about him as well. But that's probably a place I'll go if I if I really decide I'm going to fade Boston. As of right now, I don't know if I'm going to fade them. But they're the best. This is the best spot on the slate for offense, period. I, I, I don't really have to break it down too much, but this whole team should be destroying Mr. Zimmerman, and it's not even close. This this is it's just the best spot for offense, period. Yeah, it's the best spot, you know – at the end of the day, like in cash games, you're going to fit in as many Boston bats as you can um, in tournaments. I feel like this is a great see. I'm not there's no chance that I would mass multi enter on this slate like this um, on five game slates. I really want it to be like when I when I put 20 plus teams on the slate, it's usually like seven to nine games or seven to ten games. Like those are my sweet spot games that I have enough time in the end of the day with my wife and my my daughter to make a bunch of lineups but so like this is a perfect three entry max slate for me i think on a three entry max you're gonna see boston's ownership excel even higher than in other tournaments and that's one of those spots where like i would probably play a boston stack i would probably play my cash team and then i will have that different team or even even if you don't play your cash team in that one, you put it in something else, maybe you make a Boston stack and your other two teams are not Boston. But even on my Boston stack, like my one-offs would be guys in tougher spots. Like I I want less than 10% owned guys on my Boston stack on my other pieces to my Boston stack. And let, let's be realistic for a second. It's not the easiest slate to fit these guys in. You know, DraftKings and Fantasy Draft did a great job Everyone that you want to play, Moreland, Benatendi, Bogarts, Betts, JD, they're all over 4,200. It's not going to be like, oh, I can just sit here and I can plug in Boston and take, you know, let's just say Caleb Smith and Garrett Cole. Because if you do that, you get $3,200 per player. Good luck. Um, so it's not like it's that easy to just plug these guys in either. But Boston, they're, they're the best team to target on this slate as it, just pure points. Um, they will be the highest though. In everything you play, cash, single entry, tr- tr- three entry max, everything. They're, they're going to be the highest owned team. Yeah, I mean, for good reason. Um, like I said, folks, you know, I'm, I'm not going to listen. This, this is good God. I, I love targeting Jordan Zimmerman. So this, this is just the spot of the day. You know, I, I just don't know if I can play them e- even on a five-game slate at elevated ownership. I, I, I that's just something I'm going to have to work out internally. But it, th- these guys are going to crush, man. I mean, it, pretty much every pitch he's throwing, half the team is mashing it. So, uh, you know, look out, Mr. Zimmerman. He may not make it through three innings here. <laughs> All right, um, moving on. We got Cleveland at Houston. Trevor Bauer against Garrett Cole. Another way you're going to be able to get leverage on this slate is by pitching. Um, you know, I I don't really on a five game slate. You think that we're going to have some decent ownership on people, but it'd be really interesting to see 
what Trevor Bauer's ownership is on this slate. Like, I think if people are pitching a guy in this game, they're pitching Garrett Cole. When we look at Bauer, like, he's a guy that has massive strikeout stuff against righties. And outside of Brantley and Reddick, this team is very right-handed heavy. Is this the spot we play Bauer to get some leverage on the field? Hey, Bauer's my favorite pitcher on the slate, period. Love it. Um, I don't – because, I mean, it's, it's for the same things you're talking about. I think his ownership is going to be uh, – it's, it's, bottom line is it's going to be too low. I mean, I'm thinking on this slate, especially on DK, don't you think Aaron Nolo will get more traction than than, than Trevor Bauer today? Uh, with I mean, Nolo's 91, Bauer's 98. I, I think Nolo's going to get a lot more traction against Miami at home. And, man, listen, ba- Bauer's got the stuff. I just – to me, he's the best pitcher on the slate, and we're getting a discount on him because he's pitching against Houston. And uh, I think I'm just going to take the discount and play him. And and that's that's just the way I'm going to approach it. Uh, you know, you talk you talked about Cole as well. I'm not talking about Cole, but just based on the price and based on Cole being at home and Houston being pretty hot, I, I just I think Cole's getting the ownership. I think Bowers is going to be too low because of some of these other guys in that range, like Nolan Tanaka, and um, I, I'm, he's just my favorite pitcher, man. I'm, I'm playing him across the board and everything, cash and tournaments. Period. Yeah, see, I, I lean a little bit more towards Garrett Cole and cash, um, just because the Cleveland lineup has been a lot worse this season. But I love Bauer for tournaments. Um, Spoiler alert, if you're reading expert survey, there's a good chance that Trevor Bauer is my favorite tournament player on the slate because yeah. I just I love the upside. I think he's gonna have lower ownership. Uh, but you know, you know, we we talked Garrett Cole here on the other side of this game, and Cleveland's starting to get healthy. Lindor's back, Kipnis is back, but man, this team is absolutely struggling. And a guy like Garrett Cole has a ton of upside against a struggling offense like this, like his strikeout upside is 10 plus in this spot. So I, I think we're looking at Garrett Cole too. Like I, like I said, I, I like Cole more for cash, but I'm going to play both of them in tournaments. Let, let me rephrase that really quick. I'm going to play them both in tournaments, but um, I like Cole more for cash just because I, I think he's a little bit safer. If that's even a word for pitchers nowadays, like it's the way pitching is going this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I get it, man. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. They're both, as far as their their recent trend stuff, they're about they're about equal. They're about equal. And so, re- really, all I'm doing, folks, I'm playing an ownership game here with two pitches that I feel like are about the same. Um, which I feel like Trevor Bauer is better long term as far as career trajectory right now, obviously. But I'm saying just in regards to Upside, I think their upside is pretty similar here. So I, I'm, I'm just – I'm purely rolling with Bauer for ownership. Uh, all the other numbers and everything look look pretty good on, on both sides. All right, let's talk bats here. Um, we'll start with Cleveland. I, I want power. Um, that's where I want. And I, I know Jose Ramirez is off to a really slow start. He's starting – it seems like he's starting to turn it around a little bit. But when I'm thinking of just pure power in this lineup, I think of three guys, Jose Ramirez, Carlos Santana, and somebody you probably wouldn't guess, but it's Jacob Bowers. Um, 
I'm looking for power bats. They're all one offs. Um, but I, I if I'm gonna target Cole, it's going to be I want home runs. Yeah, for sure. And listen, I think I think that's what you gotta do, man. I think you're going home run hunting. Um and and I think any of those guys that, that you brought up could could definitely get it done. And I think that's the risk you take when you when when you're running one offs or, or maybe you're not going to stack as many Boston. However you approach, I, I think that's what you're doing. I think it's home run hunting. And um, you know, you, you brought up Bowers. I, I think that's a great play. Uh, you know, Jose Ramirez. You, you got to think his power numbers, like you said, are going to turn around. Um, and I'm just kind of pulling up last season's numbers. I mean, the guy had a 315 ISO against right-handed pitching. Um, you know, Lindor had a 243 ISO. And, you know, these guys are kind of getting back, rolling here. Um, so I, I, I'm with you 100%. It's just, man, it's it, it's going to be tough to play one of those guys in, in this spot. You're definitely going to be contrarian because with Jose Ramirez at 4,200 and, and Rafael Devers at 38, you got to think everybody's going to play Devers over Ramirez today. Uh, same thing at the shortstop position. You got to think people are just going to pay a hundred more for Xander over Lindor. So if you take any of these Cleveland guys, you're automatically going to be contrarian on the spot, and that could be enough to take down a tournament, especially if they hit a bomb. Yep, and don't be afraid. Like, okay, I, I'm playing Lindor on this team. Don't play. Don't be afraid to have Garrett Cole on that same team. Like, you're yep. targeting just you're targeting solo home runs. You're targeting home runs. Like. Cole's still going to go out and get his Ks, but it's a five-game slate. It's not a 15-game slate. It's not bad to have maybe one one or two bats against your pitcher on a five-game slate. Yeah, and you know what, Stevie? I think, you know, this is a good time to just, you know, something I always tell, you know, everybody that I talk to that has questions about baseball, this is a prime day to talk about it. You got to understand that everybody in baseball has a zero floor. Everybody. Doesn't matter if it's Mookie Best, JD Martinez, Xander, they could all hit, you know, fly ball outs and Jackie Bradley Jr. and Devers and all the no names at the bottom of this lineup could just hit bombs. And it's just, you just have to understand that. So if we understand that everyone has a zero floor and you differentiate in a spot like shortstop or like third base where, you know, where we already know Xander's going to have the ownership. Well, we know that Devers is going to have the ownership. Maybe you just take a Lindor and a, and a, and a Ramirez combo, and if both of those guys hit bombs, you've you just really increased your chances to take down a GPP because obviously we know it's not promised for anybody to have production in, in baseball. So just want to point that out there, just food for thought. Yeah, nobody's going to play hitters against their pitchers. So on a five-game slate, it's how you get a little leverage. You need that home yeah. run. <laughs> you but do even if, even if that home run comes off the bullpen when your pitcher's even out of the game, like you know, there there's there's just there's upside with that. Yeah. Um the Houston bats here, I think like Bowers just he's been so 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 good um against righties, like Ooh. no walk rate, a lot of strikeouts. Um it's really hard to recommend any of the righties here. I think if I'm playing anybody it's probably going to be Michael Brantley or Josh Reddick. Like, I think I would target a lefty against Bauer here. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe because I mean, the, the walk rate for the season has been up. Like that, that is something with Bauer that we've seen. I mean, he's at a seventeen and a half percent walk rate on the season right now against lefties. So maybe you're hoping he walks a guy, and maybe a guy hits a double RBI or something. Like may, maybe that's the outcome you're looking for, or maybe, or of course, if you play in a batter against him, you'd obviously welcome the home run ball. Um, and so, like you said, that that is kind of his struggle. He's going to see two lefties. Um, I don't. You think they play Tony Kemp in this spot? Do, do you think that's a possibility? Um, I doubt it. Okay, so yeah, if we don't think they're playing Tony Kemp, then he'll just see two. Um, and they do have those guys spaced out. I think like four and six or four seven. So um, I think Reddick hit Reddick hit six today, um, and maybe he'll be sixth again tomorrow. But like you said, I, I think those are the only two guys, man. You look at his numbers against Rice this season, 38.9% K rate, 4.2% walk rate, just oh, just astronomically high, uh, pitching really well. So, so I, I'm with you. Maybe the lefties and, and that's it. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETF, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. Four taps. It's as easy as in-play runs. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movement so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Roto-Grinders a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at Fantasy Fix dot robinhood.com that's fantasy fix dot robinhood.com yankees and angels you know moving on to these little bit of a later game these games are pretty spread out for this five game slate but yeah. we got uh, tanaka against cahill let's talk tanaka what are we expecting tanaka's ownership to be on this slate um don't, don't you think he'll kind of maybe be middle of the road so i'm not thinking so like on a site like dk where we, we got to think that people are going to – I think we've got kind of this collection of guys where we'll have Cole, who's kind of probably the highest own. I think Bauer will be fairly low on in this tier of 9K guys. I think Nola will be the highest, maybe around 25 30%. And I think maybe we get Tanaka in, in the 15 uh, 20% range. Do you, do you think that's about right? That's just me kind of trying to gauge it like right offhand, knowing that either I think we're going to see either the double 9K approach or an upper spin in like Caleb Smith and Porcello. What do you think? <laughs> I think um, Chris Shimino has a tough job. <laughs> <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Um, so I think there's a couple ways to approach this slate. I think in cash, I'm going to probably do everything I can to play Cole and Nola. Um, but in tournaments, like, I do like the Tanaka-Nola approach, too. Like, I know the Angels don't strike out a ton. So, like, 
I know Tanaka's upside's a little limited here. But, like, the other thing that kind of worries me about Tanaka is, like, his numbers against righties this season have not been great. Um, so, like, obviously that's concerning when you're looking at a team full of right-handed bats. But outside of Trout, this team just doesn't scare me. I, I know I say it all the time. And Simmons hit two home runs off of CC Sabathia on Wednesday. And Simmons is not probably going to hit two more home runs in a game all season. But I just – for me – I think Tanaka is a little interesting um, because I, I think there's an approach where Aaron Nola becomes like massive, massive chalk. Um, uh, you, you mind if I, I, I say a little something here real quick? Sure. So I, I've got five Boston guys plugged in. I didn't fill up the outfield because I think most people are afraid to play three outfielders from the same team. So I've got J.D. and Mookie in there, and, and then I've got three other Boston bats. You can probably figure out who they are. And I've got Nola and Caleb Smith right now, and that leaves you with 3,800 per player. If you plug in Tanaka, it leaves you with 31 per player. Uh, and then if you plug in with Porcello, in turn, this is for tournaments, it leaves you with 36. Just off that alone, I, I, I'm, I'm really thinking the combo is going to be Aaron Nola and one of the lower-tier guys, just just looking at that. Because I think people – I think they're going to want to get this Boston exposure in no matter what. And I think Nola is going to be the best option out of everybody because of the matchup with Miami. Just me plugging that in all the way through, I think that's going to be the approach. Um, I, I see Nola becoming very popular today, so – um, like, all right, so looking at the other side, like, you know, I, obviously, I, I really don't have any interest in Cahill. Like, I know he's better against righties than he is against lefties. This team is banged up, yada, yada, yada. Like, they still have good bats. Like, Luke Voigt's still good. Gary Sanchez is back. Torres is good. I'm thinking, like, I read a report that Frazier might be back in the lineup today. Like, you know, it's just – it's a really tough spot for Trevor Cahill. And I think we – I think we can target some Yankees bats, so I really don't want to play Cahill. But on the other hand, like, he's still a 7K guy that's probably going to have lower ownership and has strikeout upside if they roll out a right-handed heavy lineup. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I see both sides of it. Um and I, I'm kind of a, a Cahill guy, if you will. Like, I, he, he's a pitcher that I like. But the bottom line is he has not been pitching well recently. Um, so I, I I don't think I can play him today. Like, I, I know the Yankees lineup is watered down. And I, I saw a really interesting stat uh, the other day that talked about the fact that the Yankees starting lineup right now uh, it's, it's cheaper than Giancarlo Stanton as one player. Their whole lineup, their salary doesn't even equate to Stanton's for the for the year. So go figure. Uh, that tells you about the injuries on this team. Um, but but I can't. I don't. I don't think I can play Cahill today. The Yankees have actually been playing well. I mean, they've already scored five runs right now. It's tied at the top of the seventh. So uh, I I'm not I'm not playing Cahill today. Period. Come on, Torres, give me a big hit. Oh, he's is two, he up right now. He's almost up. I'm two points behind the cash line. I just 
Get me over the hill in double ups. I, I will take a little bit of bump to what it was a terrible night. Listen, <laughs> Thanks listen, for I, I've got Torres as well. I don't even know what his ownership was on FanDuel. Uh, man, if he comes up and hits a bomb, this could just this could take my night from from good to great. Uh, this late in the game, uh, I, I didn't see what his. I didn't even really look at his ownership because I wasn't asleep. Oh, he's at 23%. So, about, you know, about a, a little over a fifth of the field has him. But still, that, hey, it, it, it can still be a slate swinger. So, let, let's hope he uh, – I'm with you, man. We're rooting for, for Mr. Torres here in this next at-bat. I'll take a double. That's all I need, a double. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, let's talk Yankees bats here. <laughs> so, I think – I think Seattle is a good pivot off of oh. the Red Sox, and we'll talk yep. about them in a minute. But I, I actually think the Yankees are another good pivot off of the Red Sox. Like, I, I need some upside. And with good pitchers facing off against each other in Houston, like, I need some upside. And, like, Luke Voigt, Gary Sanchez, Torres, if Frazier's back in the lineup, I get some of that upside here with some of these bats. Um, so I, I think that. I think that we're certainly looking at um, we're certainly looking at some of these Yankees bats, right? Yeah, I mean, and Brett Gardner's been playing really well too. So, uh, you know, may, maybe all they needed was for him to get out of the leadoff spot because God, when he was in the leadoff spot this season, I've watched the play it was just awful. I, I I just can't explain it. But with Mister Leadoff Lemayhew there. Uh, you know, th this lineup has been hitting really well, so I I'm with you, man. Uh, another side note, uh, I, I wish I would have taken my daughter to the game on Monday or Tuesday. Mr. Gary Sanchez was down here for his rehab start, uh, and I missed that game. So uh, neither here nor there. That's just a side note. But, yeah, I, I like this lineup, man. Um, I, I definitely think this is a team you can look at. Sanchez, Torres, Frazier, if he's back, like you said, uh, top Talkman or, or Talkman? Probably, it's probably Talkman. Let's go with that. Uh, Talkman was on, on on a little tear there, uh, you know, showing some nice power. So I I, I like these guys, man. Uh, I definitely think they can get the job done against Cahill uh, if, if Cahill is kind of still struggling. Yeah, like you know, DJ DJ LeMay, he was off to a terrible start this season. Um, it's been very hit or miss. I think he's really interesting on DraftKings 3300 when we're looking for a little bit of value savings. Yeah, that's too cheap, seriously. <laughs> especially if he gets lead off on the road, you're almost you're guaranteed almost four at bats, but there's likely that you're going to get a fifth at bat in there. So with the variance of baseball giving me five at bats at 3300 for a team that I like already, like I, I like the price on LeMahieu. Luke Voigt's probably my favorite play from the Yankees. Uh, he's the guy that has the major upside. But I like Torres again. You know, we were just talking about him a second ago, but I, I think this is a good spot for him again. If Clint yeah. Frazier's back in the lineup, he's certainly in play as well. Um, is there anybody on the Angels that we're looking at? Um, I will say I think Mike Trout's going to be pretty low-owned on a five-game slate. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to be low-owned because the Boston outfielders, you got to think Mookie and JD are going to get more ownership than Ben Intendi just naturally. So the combination of those three guys is going to be where I think 40% of the ownership is. Listen, I, I'm not Chris Domino, but I, I just I try to think it through in my head because I think there's going to be two Boston outfielders 
in most lineups. That That's just what I'm thinking. So, like you said, just by nature of that, Mike Trout will have no ownership. And, you know, we, we, we've seen what Mike Trout has done. But, I mean, this guy with the, slide, uh, the sliders, which is what he's going to see most of, uh, I mean, man, 270 ISO, uh, 71.64% contact rate. Just, he, I, I just think he's he's in play here, uh, along with Justin Bohr. But we'll, you know, I I think those are the two bats that could really take Tanaka uh, out of here with the long ball. So so those those two guys, I think, have a really good chance at a home run in this spot. Yep. Um, don't mind those guys when you're looking at the pricing and like trout is, you know, so much more than the, the Red Sox bats, you know, that he's going to have lower ownership with him being so expensive on the slate, but you know, Calhoun is 3,300. I think he's a good value play. Um, there's another guy. Boar was cheap, right? Yeah. Boar yeah. is 3,500. He's cheap as well. Um, so I don't mind attacking some of these cheaper bats. If you're, if you're looking at like Garrett Cole and the Red Sox um, in cash. All right. Um, last game on the slate. We got Texas at Seattle. Taylor Hearn against Marco Gonzalez. Taylor Hearn going to be making his major league debut was involved in the pirates and Rangers uh, trade last season at the trade deadline. For uh, the Texas closer, I cannot think of his name right now. It's going to drive me crazy. Uh, but they traded away their closer to the Pirates. Pirates were making a playoff run. Um, but anyway, teach his own. This guy is actually really talented. You know, he's a top ten prospect in this organization. He's a lefty with good stuff. Um, when we look at his, he doesn't have a lot of experience above Double A. He pitched Double A last season. Showed really good strikeout stuff. And in the small sample of four starts this season in AAA, the dude is just making people whiff. Um, 31% K rate in those four starts. 13.7% swinging strike rate. The concerning thing is the walk rate. The walk rate is really high. The hard, the fly ball rate's pretty high. Um, the home run per nine's pretty high. But you see that a lot with young pitchers. So Taylor Hearns, the, the big, like, question mark today um for me anyway because i do i do think he has upside but i also think he could give up 10 runs in the first five innings of this game so he's a guy that if i was playing i would certainly have a stack of the seattle stack somewhere because yes he has strikeout upside there's a lot of like we look at just the seattle team will since the start of 2018, there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup against left-handed pitching, but there's a lot of power too. So like, I, I just see it going, I don't really see a medium, maybe like maybe four runs is the medium with like eight K's or six K's or seven K's. Like that's maybe the medium, but I don't know if that's enough. Like, what are your thoughts here on Taylor Hearn? Yeah. I mean, so obviously, you know, we, we look at a lot of the same data and I, I, I like them, but it's, it's like you said, I, the K rates there, obviously, I mean, he's got 11.7 K per nine right now, which is ridiculous. But like you also talked about the, the, 
the ground ball rate is, is very low right now, 28.9%. And the thing that, that I don't like, I mean, his, his ERA is at 4.05. I know we don't talk about ERA as much anymore. But his FIP is XFIP. His FIP is at five. His XFIP is at 4.82. So he's going to give up some runs. The question is, how many strikeouts is he going to get? Is he going to get more strikeouts than Caleb Smith? Is he going to get more strikeouts than Porcello? And you look at this lineup. Listen, Seattle's been outstanding, uh, you know, to to begin the season. But the one thing that you talked about that's that's very important is this K rate to lefties combined for this season and last season. I mean, Mitch Hanniger, 23%. Domingo Santana, 30%. Vogelbach, 40%. Now, E5 is still looking uh, outstanding at, at 18%. But you got Bruce at 24, Beckham at 24, Healy at 23, Murphy at 38. Uh, they may have – and they're probably going to play Murphy. I don't think they'll play Navarez here. And then you got D. Gordon, who's just Mr. Get on Base at 13%. So half of this lineup is just striking out at such a big clip. And and I think today this is like you talked about your boom or bust stack, and I think Hearn is, is the same way. Can he come up to the majors and not have jitters today and pitch a good game? Yes. Could he also come up and have jitters? and not locate his pitches well. Yes, and I think we've just kind of got to determine which one of these Hearns shows up. Um, I This this is a tough one for me, but I think because of these massive K rates, I think I'm going to side with Hearn here, even though I, I really like the Seattle team as a whole in tournaments. Yeah, like I said, like if I'm playing a three entry max and I have Hearn on one team, Seattle would be a stack on the other team. Like one of one of my three stacks. Like there, there's just no no way I don't stack um, against him. But you know, the guy has mid ninety fastball and a lefty. That that's already one thing going for him. If you're a hard throwing lefty, it's very good for you in the long run. And he has a decent slider. It's everything I've read about him before we got started and, and stuff like that is all control based and command based. And they, they said he took giant steps towards that last year. But hey, man, like I'm always willing to roll the dice on a five game slate, but I will certainly have a stack too. I, I want to make that clear one more time. I will certainly have a stack. If I'm playing Hearn, I'm not just playing one team. There, there, I'll be clear with that too. I, I don't play him on a single entry team today. Um, yeah. Marco Gonzalez on the other side of this game, Will. Like, Marco Gonzalez, a guy that doesn't typically show a lot of strikeout stuff, but when we look at this Texas team, they stake against lefties too. Like, it is – and, like, Marco Gonzalez is now – what is this? Is his sixth start? Like, he's – he's or this is his seventh start because of that Japan series. So, mm-hmm. he's so much farther along than starters this season – and we could really start to use his data because his, you know, pitch pitches and stuff like that. Or we're starting to get a nice sample. Um, you know, not enough for Derek Cardi, but enough to look at. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Cardi, uh, Cardi, I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to go to scout school this year. So uh, we'll, we'll see if I come back with your philosophy or if I hold it my own. Uh, hopefully, scout school does not brainwash me. Uh, at any rate. I still like Gonzalez here, but I just think the price, man, and the upside, I think he's safe, but I think he's a safe 15 points. 
I don't think he's a safe 20 points. If I felt like he was a safe 20 points, I really think I would play him in this spot. But I don't think he's a safe 20. I think he's a safe 15. And as a result, I, I don't know if I can play Marco today, even against Texas. And, and this is just purely a price play. I'd much rather play someone with a little bit more upside because I feel like I'm going to need all the salary I can get to try to make things work. Yeah. Um, the thing about it is, like, he's going to have pretty low ownership because of his price. He's in that range between Nola, Porcello, Smith. So, like, his ownership is going to be nice. I don't know if I end up playing him, but I, I, I'm certainly going to like the ownership on him um, yeah. on a five-game slate. Texas Bats, Will, my favorite one-off of the entire slate. Do not forget this when you're building lineups today is Joey Gallo. He mashed lefties last season. He's mashing lefties this season. If he's not striking out, he's hitting the ball extremely hard. Now, obviously, the strikeout is what we worry about with Joey Gallo. Ooh. But we are six starts in for Marco Gonzalez. His strikeout rate against lefties is under 10%. Like, Joey Gallo is my favorite one-off on the slate. He's expensive. People are not going to play him. I absolutely love Joey Gallo. Do not forget about Joey Gallo when you're building teams today. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think you need to. I'm going to throw one other guy in there that I really like today from this team, and that's actually Elvis Andrus. Uh, if you look what at what Elvis has done this year so far against left-handed pitching, 333 ISO, 524 Woba, 15.8% K rate. Now, the, the problem is he's got a really high ground ball rate, but I'm not as worried about that. He is kind of – He's doing pretty well against sinker so far. And so he, he's a guy, I think, at shortstop that I may use to differentiate, especially if I decide to get on this extremely high-owned Boston bandwagon. I don't think Elvis Andrews is going to get any traction today, uh, especially especially at 4,200. Now, obviously, we know you know he was hit by a pitch, so forth and so on. We'll see. If he plays, I think I'm still going to play him. So – He's a guy that I've, I've kind of got my eye on on this slate. Yeah, I was going to say that. Make sure he's in the lineup. Um, but that, that happened on Monday. Like, I, I think he'll be back in the lineup here. But uh, the other guy, Estrubo Cabrera, has been good throughout his career from the right side of the plate. Yeah. And um, he's the other guy that I don't mind looking at here. But um, all right, the – Seattle side of things, I, I, pre I pretty much made my stance on Seattle very, very clear. Like, I will have a Seattle stack somewhere today. Um, they have a ton of power. There's a ton of upside. And they're facing a 24-year-old making his first start in the majors. Yeah, um, that's all you need to know. And, and I think that's the approach I'm going to take, man. You know, I do like to target young pitchers when they come up for the first time. Um, so uh, maybe, like I said, maybe I'll, maybe I'll ride a Seattle stat. I think if I play Seattle, I'm hoping that Hearn has a bad start. And I'm also hoping that I can fade Boston and Boston just have a meltdown against Jordan Zimmerman and, and I can and lap the field that way. I think that's kind of the approach I'm going to take. So we'll see. Yeah, like, the, you know, this year they, they obviously can walk and, and, like, that could get to this kid. So, uh, and it's not like the Texas bullpen's very good. Um, so, Seattle has a ton of upside. They, they probably have, you know, right right at the same amount of upside as Boston. 
at much lower ownership. It's just the ballpark stinks. Um, you know, obviously that's the biggest concern. But I do like Seattle. Um, regardless if I play Hearn or not, I'm, I'm going to have some exposure to Seattle. I'll have at least one Seattle stack today. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, under 8K to get six strikeouts. Who's your cheap pitcher to get some Ks today? Man, I think there's so many. I think I know who your guy is. Despite the struggles, I think I'm still going to take Porcello here. I, I, don't, I do not trust uh, the Detroit Tigers to do anything right now, and uh, I'm, I'm going to side with Porcello. Yeah, I'm going to take Caleb Smith. I think that was pretty obvious. I really like Caleb Smith today as a tournament option. Um, over 8K not to score 15 DK points. It's pretty interesting. Oh, man. This this one, I, I feel like it's easy for me. I kind of just talked about it. Uh, I, even though I, I, I do think he probably gets to 15, I don't think it'll be much more than that. That's Marco Gonzalez at 8,400. I just – I just don't think he's going to get much more than that. Yeah, um, I'm going to take Tanaka. I'm not taking Bauer or Cole. I think they both get there. Um, Nola gets Miami, so the odd man out is Tanaka. Um, and that's kind of how I think I'd rank them, too. I think I'd rank them Cole, Nola, Bauer, Tanaka, Marco. Like that, I think that's how I'd rank them. So, you yeah. know, with you taking Marco, uh, you know, I'll take Tanaka. Um, over 4K to hit a home run, who's your expensive bat to go yard today? Oh, boy. Let, let's let, – you know what, man? Let, let, let's go really expensive here. Uh, and, and, and let's go with the guy that we've talked about that's getting zero ownership, man. Let's go all the way up top. It's easy, but let's go Mike Trout. I, I like what I see. I like how the pitch uh, – the batted ball profiles match it up against Tanaka. Uh, let's, go, let's go Trout all the way here. All right, I'm going to make it clear one more time. Do not forget Joey Gallo. I'm going to take Joey Gallo against the lefty. Yeah, I like it. Um, Under 4K to get two hits. Who's your cheap bat to get two hits today? Man, there's so many. I'm going to exclude Boston out of this mix because I just feel like that's too easy. So I'm excluding Boston here. Here's a team that I think could do some damage in the right spot. Easy play. Let's go with leadoff LeMahieu at 3,300. All right, well, you took my guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, I'm not going to be too proud since you took my guy. Give me Devers. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's 38. That was the easy one. But, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you, you took my guy. You took my cheap <laughs> Um. Stack to score six or more runs. Right, let's make it fun. Let's take Boston off the table. They're going to score six yeah. or more runs today. Man, g- give me Philly at home. I- I- I'm rolling with Philly, man. In fact, I-, I think the more I think about it, I think Philly's probably going to be my tournament team. You got to think they're not going to get any ownership. The more I think about it, no ownership at back at home, hitter-friendly part, if the weather's good, against Caleb Smith, who's probably going to get the ownership. Give me Philly. I really talked myself into playing five teams today. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I always range from three to five usually on most slates, and like I, I really talked myself into having a Sox stack, a Philly stack, a Seattle stack, and um, 
a, a Yankee stack and, and then like making a cash team. But my my team to score six or more runs today is Seattle. Um, again, I I will have one Taylor Hearn team more than likely, and I will definitely have a Seattle stack on a different team because I, I do think it, it's going to go one or two ways. He's going to yeah. go out and they're not, and he's going to go dominate them, which I, I don't think that's the case. I do think he gets hit up a little bit here, and that's kind of how I'm going to build. So, Will, it was fun, man. Um, We'll be back tomorrow breaking down the 15-game slate for tomorrow. We'll be breaking it down a lot faster. Um, If you want a chance to win a Roto-Grinders T-shirt, we we tweeted it out so we were going to give away a T-shirt. We made you listen all the way to the end to find out how. But if you want to win a Roto-Grinders T-shirt, it's very easy. Go to iTunes, subscribe, download, and rate and review the podcast. I will pick one random person tomorrow on the podcast to win a t-shirt. Might be a new person, might be an old person. So if you haven't already, go over to iTunes and I might give out two shirts. They had a bunch of shirts, like RD had a bunch of shirts. So um, I might give out two shirts instead of just one. So if you haven't already, please review, rate the podcast. He is Chief Justice 06. I am Stevie. Good luck in your contest tonight, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow.